Thanks, Tim. We can give him a hand. He's awesome. Um, <laughs> so I don't know who this is for before I even get into anything that I came here to do. But that thing of God's promises, um, this is like ringing in my head, is that the power of God's promises don't depend on your performance, but depend on his. So if someone here today is like sitting in like, God's no longer going to do something in my heart or do something like he won't deliver in his promises because I've done X, Y, Z. I want to remind you that um, he is still faithful even when we are not. And it says that in Timothy as well. So if that's for you, that was a, a giveaway. Um, if that's all you heard today, enjoy. <laughs> um, but so my name is, is Sia, as um, Tim has said, and um, I do really, really love our Cliff community so much there. Amazing. Um, it has been a very long time, I think over a year since I've preached in the morning service. Um, as you can see, I'm in great shape. Um, um, <laughs> um, getting better. And um, what else can I catch you guys up on? Nothing much. Like, I love my job, still love Kids Church quite a lot. Um, yeah, I'm still handsome. Okay, that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> um, but today, Today I'm going to be closing out on our, on our Acts series, and um, it's a message that I preached la- two weeks ago, last week in Kloof, I think, um, and I'm going to preach again today this morning. Um, that is going to be potentially challenging, so whatever I say, please hear God, don't hear me, because it's a message I'm preaching to myself, because it's convicted me quite a lot as well, um, in just why I'm here, and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, so don't be offended. I'm not trying to offend anyone. This is hopefully all still about the gospel. Um, and if you're offended by the gospel, that I'm okay with because the gospel does offend people, so it's fine. Um, but apart from that, please hear my heart. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Um, that said, I love church so much and I love the what it's designed and supposed to do in our hearts and in our lives. Um, but I've been wondering if there's like more to church than coming into a building and sitting and hearing from someone and then we go home and we live our lives. It becomes about the stuff, not about the Savior. Um, so, the, so that conviction is kind of where I'm like wrestling and sitting at at the moment. Um, but up in the Cliff community, and, and I think everywhere really, uh, you've been hearing a lot of, I wish we can just go back to normal. Because pre-COVID, everything was, was routine. We had a lot of certainties, you know, that's this going to happen, and then this, and then this. And church was like one of those things that became routine. Like you go to church, you tick your box, cool, I experienced God, and now I go back and handle my stuff. Um, and I wonder if the the beauty of the pandemic is that it actually shattered those paradigms so that we can establish new ones that are rooted in a far deeper connection to the gospel than to a preacher or than to a building. Um, I've had a few incidents in my life where, where the goal was, was, or the thinking was, yes, I wish I could have just gone back to this prior incident. Um, so when I was younger... My brother and I didn't have much in the way of, in the way of um, toys. So my dad, who loved soccer, bought us a soccer ball all the time. Whenever it would go flat, 
within a day, a new one would be there again. And so um, there's a picture that's going to come up of my house. So that's home. So before those garages were there, there was undercover parking. So the undercover parking presented, presented um, perfect goalposts for two young strapping men trying to become David Beckham. Um, uh, don't mind the shrubbery here. It doesn't always look like that. Um, uh, so now the one day, I remember, so what you don't actually see because I, I, I couldn't. So behind, next to those two garages is another garage on this side um, that my mom had put in, put in like those motion sensor lights. Um, so newly installed, I'm like, you know, security reasons, cool. Um, so the one day I go out and, and now my brother is nowhere to be found. So I'm like, I'm just going to go kick the ball and try bend it like Beckham into the top corner. Um, and then there was that moment where like, ah, I bet you can't. You know that, that as a young person, that like random thought, oh, I bet you can't do this. And you're like, ah, sure you. And you just, you try to attempt it. So there was a thought that I had, I bet you can't hit the crossbar of that undercover parking. And then there was another thought that said, don't do it. So obviously because I'm young and reckless, YOLO. Um, so, then, so then I take the shot at an angle now. So I was on this grass patch on this side. So I take the shot, hits the crossbar. Your boy celebrates. And then and because it had an angle, it caught, the, and it caught the top end of the crossbar. It began to move that direction, so away towards the other garage, where the newly installed motion sensor lights were. So at this point, um, time begins to slow down. Um, now I'm watching this ball move towards those motion sensor lights, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh, you know that? <laughs> so, so then it moves, and it just smacks this thing, and the one globe just drops and just, wah, just shatters. So in that moment, I just stood there, and I, and, I, and I looked, and I contemplated my life, like, should I move out? Should I, should I, because this is not going to end well. And my mom was outside at this point. Um, so she comes out and she asked me what happened. So luckily, I, I think this might have had a thing to do with it, but she was on her way somewhere. And all the black people in the room know that when your mom's in a rush, she skips the whipping and she just scolds and she just goes. So, so she's like, oh, what happened? I'm like, nah, I was trying to, you know, I explain, I explain. It's like, oh, okay, no, it's fine. Get in the car and goes. I'm like, there is a God. Um, I began singing that song, He Knows My Name, by Tasha Cobbs. Um, <laughs> um, but the portion of scripture we're going to look at today um, highlights a moment in history where we can imagine that the disciples had the same thinking. Because they were under such an incredible persecution, their thinking was, geez, I wish we could just go back to when Jesus was here. We could just go back to normal because their normal was spending time with Jesus hearing from him hearing his parables going deeper having a, a uh, an experience of a, the gospel on a daily basis so we can we can imagine our natural instinct as human beings is when we're under an immense amount of pressure you revert back to a comfortable space so you can exchange that persecution that you see in um, the early church to the pandemic that we see today, that it came and it shook something up and was, we were forced to revert back to what is convenient and comfortable and now that comfortability is what is our normal. Um, but I'm beginning to wonder and think about if the 
thinking and the design of church wasn't, this isn't normal church in my opinion. If we look at how the early church naturally progressed, their version of normal was going out as opposed to coming in. It was get this message to the future messengers as opposed to come in and enjoy a message. Now, this construct isn't to be frowned upon. Church, this building, is a tool. It's meant to give us a platform for us to be able to experience and enjoy the power of God. And from Monday to Saturday, we're meant to live lives that express the potency of heaven. So now, to give a little bit of context to this scripture. So Stephen has just addressed the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin is, is, was their version of the Supreme Court. And he's just told them, told them off in a way um, and, and said to them that your understanding of the law is wrong. And he walked them all the way from Genesis all the way up to, up to um, when, they, when they got the Ten Commandments. Moses got the Ten Commandments. And he says that even your understanding of the, those laws is wrong. So obviously they're offended. They drag him out of court and they stone him to death. But in that moment, filled with the Holy Spirit, he still says, Father, receive my spirit. Forgive them for what they've done has the, the wherewithal, I suppose, and even the peace in his heart to still, in that moment of, of, he's about to die, and he's got peace in his heart because of where he's going. Now, and from that point, the, the early church had already been under an immense amount of persecution because of a person, largely because of a person named Saul. So Saul, some people believe, had a, a very heightened level of uh, anger towards the Christians, because of their association with the Gentiles. So his anger and his frustration towards Christians was at such a deep level that he wanted to, wanted to do everything that he could to destroy the church. So it says this in the book of Acts. Um, the book of Acts, imagine that. Um, in the book of Acts, chapter 8. A great wave of persecution began that day. This was after Stephen had just been stoned to death. Sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men, and, um, some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Acts 8 verse 4. And this is really where we're going to possibly sit today. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming, as they left their victims. And many who, were, who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. There's, uh, there are two things that I want to touch on today. And I'll not make this message very complicated. Anyone that knows me, I preach a very simple style. And I'm going to stick to my guns. Um, first thing I want to say to us today is that Church still exists for the sake of the message, not the meeting place. And the second thing that I want to say is that we cannot, no matter how hard we try, do it 
without the Holy Spirit. So first of those, it's about the message and not the meeting place. All right, let me ask you a question. What has the gospel done for you? If you think about it, so our, our experience of the gospel is that it's an, it's an event. I had an experience of the gospel when I got saved. But I'd like to challenge that in that our lives are actually meant to be a daily experience of the gospel. It's not an event, it's an experience. So now I ask you, what has the gospel done for you? And furthermore, what is the gospel doing for you now? I'll take it a step further even. What could the gospel possibly do to somebody else if you took that message to them? Church, friends, family, I believe that the church is not designed to make Christians comfortable. It's designed to make us effective. Now let me qualify that. Let's, the design of church when it was created, when it started in the early church, is that we're meant to encourage one another when we experience church. So you come with your Holy Spirit that's burning within you. Somebody else comes with their Holy Spirit that's burning within them. And the stuff that you've been doing over the course of the week, as you see here with Philip, he went, in, he went to Samaria and preached the good news, healed people. Now he gets to gather in this building that's a tool. He comes with his experience. Oh, you won't believe what God did in that person. You won't believe what um, happened in that person when I preached the gospel. You won't believe what happened in this person and this person. We each share our stories. And if you're struggling, we uplift you, we carry you, we walk with you, we share with you if you're in need. And then it has a beautiful moment of worship. We're all lifting our praises to God. And then we go back out and do that preaching and live that life of preaching again. That's what church is supposed to do. Make us effective for the work that we've been called to do. If you're wondering what is my purpose on earth and you haven't figured out what the specific thing is, here's a, a good thing to, to always bounce back on. Is that the universal mandate of going to all nations and preaching the good news still exists for everyone. No matter if you haven't found it like, God, God are you calling me to be an engineer or whatever? Cool, that will come when it comes, if it comes even. But the universal mandate still exists in that we are still meant to get the message out everywhere that we go. It's still about Jesus, even today. It's not necessarily about who's sitting in your seat in church on Sunday. That stuff shouldn't matter. It's about the message and not the meeting place. These disciples, their meeting places was taken away from them as soon as they had begun together. Because of Saul's aggression towards them, their ability to meet was no longer there. They didn't revert back to, I wish we could just go back to the time when Jesus was around. But their resolve was, actually, this message is now far more pertinent now. It did not change their resolve. It did not change their mandate. It did not change what had been put within them to get this message out. I fear that within our hearts, we've become so set on routine that we even fit God into a routine. Like, like yes, I got my, my Holy Spirit experience on church on Sunday, now I'm going to go back home. Church exists to make us effective for the work that God has called us to do. 
if you might feel like you're starting to get a little bit comfortable, challenge yourself out of that space. Speak to God, speak to someone, and move out of the state of comfortability. Because it is not why you're here. It's not why I'm here. It's not why we exist. If you're here for the very first time when you're trying to figure out church, welcome. Um, thank you for, for looking in. You can just listen at why we exist and should exist. But for the Christians, I'm challenging you today. I really am challenging all of us today. In my own life, I've had to go have some serious conversations with people that I care about. And because and, I'm starting to rethink some things. <laughs> this constructive church is not necessarily just about this building. It's about the body. And we're meant to be moving out into different spaces, doing what, if you're a toe, go be a toe with work. <laughs> but whatever it is that God has designed and made you to be, it is unique for where God has placed you. And if you're afraid to walk up to a person and share the, or preach or whatever, fine. No one can ever argue with you about your testimony. Because it's your journey. Start there. But this thing was really just meant to make us effective for getting this message out as far as we can. Because we're meant to be encouraged when we're together as we experience and enjoy God in all of his fullness. That's a beautiful thing. And the second part of that is that we cannot ever even begin to fathom trying to do this without the Holy Spirit. And here's why I say that. So, and I, I say this with great sense of humility. Um, I think that I can say something that sounds nice. Sorry, this, I have long eyelashes and they're the curse of my life. Um, I probably shouldn't have, you know, it's fine. I have long eyelashes, it's cool. Um, but, so I think that I can, in a conversation, I can sit across from someone and in choosing to respond, I choose my words well because my love language is words of affirmation. So like, I choose my words very well so that everything that I'm saying, I mean. Um, but I can say something that can convince someone of a good idea. And while I was thinking about like just in the young adult space and where we're going to be going and what that needs. The more I thought about it, because I was like, yeah, you know, say this and to make this point and say this to make that point and da 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 And along the way, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit um, in this, that yes, you can say this in a very nice way that can convince people to do something, but that convinced people only survive up to a certain point. And as soon as things get hard, things get difficult, things get somewhat uncomfortable, or things are, or they're feeling a little bit of pressure, that convincing won't do much for changing their mind. That convincing will only work to a certain point, and if that pressure, that uncomfortability is high enough, they won't choose to do that thing. Rather, let me convict them. You can cast vision, absolutely, but convicted people are far more potent in getting their message out or even doing what God has said for them to do than convinced people. So I think Jesus understood that enough to say, don't go anywhere, just wait. Go to Jerusalem and wait to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Go to Jerusalem and wait. 
That is the beginning of Pentecost. If that had happened any differently, I, I, would, I can at least imagine that the Bible would not look like the way that it does now. The book of Acts would not look like the way that it does now. Because as soon as persecution hits, they could have possibly just resorted to going back to what was comfortable and convenient. Look at Peter, for example. As soon as he betrayed Jesus three times, what did he do? He went back to what he knew, fishing. But now, when he's full of the Holy Spirit, any level of calamity that comes against the church, you don't see him running that much anymore. He stands far firmer and stronger in who he was made to be and what he was called to do because he has the backing of heaven behind him. And that can exist and should exist for us today. That no matter what calamity or, or conflict might come against us, we are still completely convinced and convicted about the commission. Whatever it takes. Because when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, he adds his super to our natural. And we live supernatural lives that go far beyond what the flesh could ever do. Church, I'm wondering if in this season, our idea, the paradigm of what church is supposed to look like, is meant to be shattered. That we just resort back to what is our actual, our actual true normal. We enjoy, encourage, inspire one another from the testimonies that we get to experience on a weekly basis. So that this thing, this church, this building still exists to make us effective, to get this message out. Our lives are meant to be laid down for the sake of the gospel, not for the sake of Ross or Tim or myself, for the sake of the gospel. That is our true normal, in my very humble opinion. That is normal church. A body laid down, um, a body with people that laid their lives down for the sake of the gospel, so that Jesus may be glorified. That God may get all the honor and the glory. It is not about you or me. It's always and should always be about him. So I'm going to read the Great Commission to us again today. And I'm hoping and I'm praying and trusting that it will do something fresh and new in your heart. That whenever we come to this place, yes, we come to enjoy and it's a beautiful expression and experience. It encourages you to go further this week. Do a little bit more. Is that okay? Are you guys still with me? Did I not break you? All right. If I broke you, Ross is back next week. (laughs) So you can close your eyes for a second, and I want you to hear each of these words. Matthew chapter, chapter 28, verse 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age.
and surely I am with you always. The Holy Spirit is our helper, that we might surely know that he is with us always. Jesus, we thank you so much that you are our example. You are our reference point. That we get to look at the way that you lived and how your love for humanity led you to lay down your life on the cross that we might be connected to you again. We pray that we are filled completely with the Holy Spirit, that we might live a life convicted and not convinced of the Great Commission. Holy Spirit, once you begin to have your way in our hearts, challenge us where we need challenging, encourage us where we need encouraging, help us where we need helping. But won't you reveal what first step we can take in whatever sphere of influence we might find ourselves in, however infinitesimal or however large. But I pray that our lives are laid down for your sake. That it's not about the stuff, that it still is about the Savior. Lead us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, uh, I love you. Don't hear anything else, that, or hear other things, but also hear that I love you. Um, yeah, let's enjoy this week and go experience the gospel. Love you.